Hello, and welcome to the Falls Creek View Camp Podcast. This week, we have 4,501 campers and adults from 108 churches. In this service, our camp pastor, Brian Mills, taught on obedience from Joshua. And during this message, there were 151 spiritual decisions, including 88 professions of faith. Amen. Are y'all glad to be here today, Falls Creek? Come on, y'all. Everybody have a good trip in, a good drive all the way. Hey, can we do this? Can we go ahead and give a good shout out to everybody watching online today and let them know that y'all are in the room? It's a lot of people that are watching to be a part of this week with you, all your mamas and your daddies. Matter of fact, if you're watching and you're a parent, just go ahead and tag your kid. Just put their name in it, right, so that it embarrasses them. That's what y'all wanted, your parents, right? No, maybe not. Hey, listen, my name's Brian, and I've had the opportunity to come here. I actually moved to Oklahoma three years ago. I'm originally from Arkansas, and yeah, woo pig, go hogs. We made it to Omaha. This is just our little conversation. Y'all just got to be a part of it. Oh, you made it to Omaha, too, so boomer, amen? Boomer. Sorry, OSU, I'm for y'all too. Just Arkansas ended up winning that game. So it just happens, right? But in the midst of that, uh, I lived in Arkansas. I've really lived in, in Texas. I lived some in Nashville, Tennessee, and moved back to Arkansas. And then had the opportunity three years ago to step out of doing student ministry and to step into being the senior pastor of a church in Oklahoma City. The church's name is Trinity Baptist Church in Yukon, Oklahoma, kind of in between Yukon and Mustang. And it was three, almost three years ago today, this Sunday will be my three-year anniversary. And in the midst of that journey, I had the opportunity to move my children. Now, that's not really an opportunity. See, I've got a girl right now that's about to be a senior in Yukon at Southwest Covenant, and I got a boy that's about to be a sophomore. But when I moved them, I looked at my daughter as she's about to go into high school. You ever moved going into high school? It's terrifying. She has all these friends in Arkansas. And I look at my daughter and I said, hey, honey, God's opening up a pretty amazing door for us to step into a very unique opportunity to be a part of a church. And we've been a part of some unique churches and unique ministries over the years. And, and she had this idea of what church looked at, looked like. And in the midst of that journey, I said, I want you uh, to really pray through this and be a part of this with us. I looked at my son, who's a middle schooler. We're about to move you, about to change your whole life. And, and we stepped into a little bit smaller church, and we were currently in a little bit smaller youth ministry than they'd ever been in. And it had looked different to them. And I remember looking at them and just saying, when when I looked at the search team that kind of puts together the people, the group of people of the church going to hire the next senior pastor. And and when they call me and I'm about to call them back and tell them we're going to take the job, I remember looking at my children, teenagers, you. And I said, "I'm, I'm only saying yes if you're saying yes. It's a family deal. We're going to do this together. We're going to go see if the Lord allow us to be a part of a church and to grow a church and build a church and take this journey. Only if you say yes. Now, I don't know how many of you have moved in your high school careers or in your middle school careers and you took a whole new state and a whole new journey. It is terrifying. But it came this to my mom, out this moment. We're driving down the road. I'll never forget. And I look back and I said, McKenna. Her name's McKenna. She's 
uh, 17 years old, about to be a senior. I said, McKenna, are you in? She immediately goes, I'm in, Dad. I looked at my son, and I said, are you in? He said, doesn't Oklahoma City have a lot of tornadoes? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know. I know more does. Um, and I think that's close to Oklahoma City. But yes, I think so. He goes, I guess I'm in too, Dad. And we said yes to this job. And that one yes, listen to me, that one yes changed everything in our life. We've been a part of one of the greatest things I've ever got to be a part of in ministry. I've seen some of the greatest things happen I've ever seen in my ministry career by saying, by having the opportunity to say that one yes. Just a one little yes that changed everything. And my challenge to you this week is be open to the yes. Whatever God has for you as a seventh grader, whatever God has for you as a senior or a college student, whatever God has for you as a serve team member, as a volunteer that showed up, that rode on that bus, that's just praying everybody brought deodorant. Maybe God wants to move in your life. Maybe it's a youth pastor. Maybe it's a journey that you're on. Whatever the Lord has for you, will you put your yes on the table this week and just see what God has? Because when we put our yes on the table, it changes everything. Now this whole week, we're going to spend time in the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open up to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to look at a man who had the opportunity to say yes. Now Joshua, at this time, 60 years old. He's an older gentleman at this point. We know that Joshua was the aide of Moses, and that Joshua had gone through the journey of the desert. There's a group of people, if you're unfamiliar with church, that's okay. If you're new to this room and you've never opened your Bible a day in your life, that's okay. I'll help you and we'll get it on your level and we'll keep it simple so that we can all unpack it together. There's a group of people called the Israelites and if you study history at all, God brought them out of a place called Egypt where they were in bondage for over 400 years and then God used this guy named Moses to split the Red Sea, right? And they cross the sea and they go and they escape Egypt and they've been 40 years in a desert. And now they're on the other side of that journey and it says this in Joshua chapter 1. It says, after the death of Moses. So now the great leader, this great leader that all trusted on, that all followed, they complained and whined amidst the way. But they followed, much like you probably on the trip here. You who took long trips here were probably like, how much longer? Did anybody have that person in their youth group? You're like the Israelites, right? Just complaining and whining. And some of you got in your cabin and it wasn't cold enough, right? And you're complaining and whining because it's a thousand degrees here at Falls Creek this week. And in the midst of that, you're like, I wish the air, right? You're complaining. The, at the, Moses was the leader of the complainers, right? The Israelites. says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide. The very first time you ever meet Joshua, we find out that Joshua, as an aide, was a warrior. He was a fighter. He was a leader. It's anybody that's familiar, anybody familiar with the Bible and the story where two guys hold up Moses' arm? Anybody familiar with that? Y'all ever heard that? In, in a Bible study class, these two guys are holding up Moses' arms because every time he dropped his arms, they began to lose the battle. But every time that he's holding their arms up, in the midst of that, they're winning the battle. The guy fighting the battle, leading the battle, was a guy named Joshua. And now we find Joshua about to take charge of two million plus people. A lot of people. 
says, Moses, my servant is dead, Joshua. Now then, you. Did you see it? It's your turn, Joshua. And all these people, get ready. Everybody say, get ready. Come on, False Creek. There's 5,000 of you in here. Say, get ready. Thank you. You got to help a preacher preach, right? There's a good amen, woo pig, something in you. Let it out and let's have some fun. It says, now then you and all these people get ready. Everybody say, get ready. Here's a question for you right now. Are you ready? Like, are, are you really, listen to me, False Creek, from the back row, from the back corners, all the way to the middle, all the way to the front. Are you really ready for this week? Like, like are you really ready? Or you just think you're ready? The, the Bible says Joshua looked at these two million people and he says, get ready. Like, y'all need to lock in. You need to get ready. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Everybody say, get ready. Get ready to what, Joshua? Get ready to do what I promised you you would get to do 40 years ago. They've been waiting 40 years. Listen to me. Don't ever give up on what God told you he would do. If God said it, it will be done. It might not be done in your timing. You might be wondering why you're going through what you're going through. Why don't you be, fa- why don't you be faithful in the through so that you can praise him on the other side? And if you're not faithful through it, you won't celebrate God for what he did while you walk through it. Listen, you've got to stay faithful all the way through. He said, get ready to cross the Jordan. You, I told you 40 years ago that you're going to go into the promised land, and now I'm going to provide this promised land. And then what does God do? God sets down Joshua. Now, listen to me. I just did this with your leaders, and you can ask them, like, I, I get into the rally. I'm all about a good rally. And if you're an athlete or you play any kind of sport in this room, there's probably a time when you're in the locker room, and coach might say, take a knee, Grab a seat, and then you get done, and you all start to clap, put your hands in the middle, and do a chant. Anybody been there? Right? We've all been there, right? I just did it with your leaders. We prayed together for tonight. We prayed for you, and then we got in the middle, and we did a little chant. We're going to do it every night this week. Why? Because we want to be ready for what the Lord wants to do. And so God tells the people, hey, Joshua, take a knee. Why? Because I need to encourage you. He says in verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you, Joshua. I want you to understand this, you and all the days of your life. He says again in verse 5, I will never leave you. Aren't you glad we serve a God that will never leave us nor forsake us? I will never leave you nor forsake you. What's he say then? Be strong and courageous. Then he says be strong and very courageous in verse 7. Verse 9, be strong and courageous. Verse 9 again, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua, you take them, and we'll go there. And then you skip down to verse 10 and 11, and that's where we will end tonight, and I'm going to encourage you through this passage a little bit. So Joshua ordered the officers. Do you see it? God told him to go, and he said yes. Everybody say yes. That's it. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Go through the camp. Go through the camp. It's like, hey, get on the horses, get on the camels, get on the donkeys, whatever you've got to ride. Go through the camp and start shouting. Go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Get ready. There it is again. Everybody say, get ready. 
Three days from now, now listen to me, students. Let me just teach you Bible. I'm going to teach you Bible. I'm going to encourage you, and we're going to pray the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to speak to you this week. Can we do that? It says three days from now. They've been waiting 40 years. They've been whining. They've been complaining. They've been saying, man, we should have stayed in Egypt. And now God looks at them after their leader had died and said, in three days, the promise I made all the way back with Abraham, in three days, the promise is coming true, and we're going to step into the promised land. Three days from now, this is going to take place. The people would have been freaking out. From now, from three days from now, you will, not you might, not it could happen, not it should happen, not it might, maybe, we hope it happens. No, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your God, your Lord, your God, has given you for your own. Listen to me, students. I want to unpack a couple things for you out of this passage as we look at Joshua leading up to this point. And then when we go from this, we'll continue the journey through Joshua all this week and look at different aspects of Joshua's life. Also, I'll have to fast forward a little bit. But first, I want to look at the get ready. Everybody say, get ready. You got to get your provisions ready. We got to get ready for what the Lord wants to do because in three days God's about to do something. So He says, Get your provisions ready. Clean the house, clean the room. False Creek's coming. Pack your bag. Don't forget your stuff. Get it ready. And then, when you ever been on a trip that you like can't wait to go on? Maybe it was False Creek. Maybe it's a vacation. Somewhere your parents are about to take you, and it's like you're about to go and you can't sleep the night before. Anybody with me? Like, I, I just got back uh, from Israel not long ago. I took a group to Israel. And when I go to Israel, I get like a, I get so giddy. I can't sleep the night before. I'm like, I'm going to Israel for the next 11 days. And I get to see the promise. And like, this spot where Israel, where the Israelites crossed the Jordan, I like, I stood there not long ago. And I was there, I actually baptized somebody in that waters of the Jordan right there where Jesus was baptized. It's the same spot, the Israelite. Like, I, I get crazy giddy about that. I get so excited about the aspect of it. I, I can't sleep. Or a few months before that, I had the opportunity to go to Africa. And, and I went to one of my favorite spots in the world is on the Masi Mara in Africa. And I got to take a safari. And in the midst of this safari, uh, we're doing a night safari one night. And in the night safari, I was so excited to do the night safari. I mean, it was like, I'm just like, the day's coming. We get to do the night safari. And we drive, and in the midst of that drive, we heard the lions roar at night. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of the African jungle, and you hear the lions roar. And I looked at our God, and I said, you must stop. And then we took the left turn to the lion roar. And other jeeps, these safari jeeps, started pulling up. And we pulled up, and we find these five lions and these little cubs. And then we sat there for about an hour and watched them move around. And then as they began to leave, and as all the jeeps began to leave, our jeeps stayed. Me and one of my buddies and a couple others were in this jeep, and we stayed. And I looked at our guide, and I said, hey, man, can we drive into the lion's den and go see the cubs? One of my buddies looks at me and goes, you're an idiot. I go, Sounds really cool. He goes, no, it doesn't. 
So then I turned on my flashlight to my cell phone so I could see better. He grabs my phone and says, I'm going to throw it out here if you don't stop messing around. Like, you're going to get us eaten by a lion. And then the God goes, do you really want to go in the lion's den? Yes. Me and only one other buddy said yes. The others said no. We were like Joshua and Caleb, right? And the rest were not. And so he drove us into the lion's den. They began to circle us, which was fantastic. Lions won't bother you. They're okay. And uh, they began to circle us. And then it was time to go, and we went to start the engine, and the battery died. <laughs> it was awesome. So now the battery's dead. While we're in the lion's den, we had to call other jeeps to come get us. It was fantastic. We were there for like two or three hours, just these lions circling us. And if you told me right now, I will get on a plane tomorrow, and I wouldn't sleep all night, and I'd go back to that. That's how exciting it is to me. Like, the Israelites would have been times 10 that excited because this was three days. And now they hear the voice, get your provisions ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Can I give this to you tonight, Falls Creek? Teenagers, youth pastors, volunteers, let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let me say something to you middle school students. Will you get ready? Will you get ready for what the Lord wants to do in your life this week? Let me say something to all you high school students. Will you get ready? Will you get ready for what the Lord wants to do in your life? I believe this. Listen to me. I believe with all my heart that Almighty God wants to touch you in an amazing way this week. That He wants to stretch His hand from heaven and just place a hand upon you and an anointing and the favor of God on you. But you got to get ready for it. See, so many times we miss out on the greatness of God because we're not ready for God. Because we're complaining about where we are and not celebrating where God has us. And the Israelites would have been there. That's why most of the Israelites, a whole generation outside of two guys, would not experience the promised land because they're whining about where they were and they missed out on it. Can I just lean into you tonight, False Creek? Don't miss out. Listen to me. Don't miss out on what God has for you because you're not ready. Get ready. Get ready for what the Lord wants to do in your life this week. You say, how do I get ready, Pastor Brian? I'll give you three quick ways. Number one, put down the distractions. Put down the distractions. Put your cell phone up this week. There's a thought, amen? Like our youth ministry comes to False Creek. And last year, like, we, we, we have our youth ministry actually put their cell phones up while they're at Falls Creek. And we literally watched some teenagers start to shake. Like, what's wrong? I need my phone. If that's you, you got a problem. Amen? Like, you legitimately got a problem. Well, I've got to have my phone for pictures. No, you don't. You don't have to document everything in your life. Tell your leader to carry a phone. T bother them for a picture, amen? Like, you don't put down the distractions. Don't worry about an icy date this week. You don't need that. You, that done, it's not necessary, right? Some of you showed up to camp because you think there's going to be someone else that's going to be attractive from other, some other youth minister. Well, of course there is. There's a group of people here, amen? It doesn't matter. 
Lay down the distractions. Here's what I would say. If you're in a relationship in your youth ministry and you're together here at camp and you're dating, here's my challenge to you. Don't even sit by each other during the week. Separate. Why? No distractions. Just get away. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Everybody say, get ready. I want you to get ready. The Israelites had to put down distractions. Number two, how do you get ready? Be willing and open. Be willing and be open. Joshua was willing and open. He was, he was telling the people, get ready, be willing. Be willing to say yes to get rid of distractions. Be willing to say yes to what the Lord has for you. Be willing to say yes. When God moves in your heart, don't let pride keep you in your seat. Come on, somebody. Be willing. Are you willing to let the Lord move in your life? Here's what I guarantee you. There's somebody in this room that would call themselves an agnostic. There's somebody in this room that would call themselves an atheist. There's someone in this room that says, I just came. I don't want to be a part of the church thing. I don't want to be a part of the God thing. I don't want to be a part of religion. I don't want any of it. Can I ask this of you? Would you just be open? Have an open mind? And just see what the Lord might do in your life this week? Would you just be willing and be open? And then number three, to get your provision ready, to get ready, I would say this. Have your heart ready. Everybody look right here. We're just one big family. Look right here. How do you get ready? Get your heart ready. And when the Lord moves in your heart, and the Lord moves in your life, you respond to what the Lord wants to do in you. Some of you will be called to ministry this week, to vocational ministry, to full-time ministry. Some of you know you've given your life to Jesus and you need to get baptized. Others of you have never given your life to Jesus and maybe tonight will be the night that you say yes to Jesus. Here's my challenge. Get ready. Be open to what the Lord has for you and what the Lord wants to do in your life. The second thing Joshua said and the last thing I will teach you out of this passage he didn't just get ready but here's the deal he sent people why because God came to him God said I'm giving you a task and all he said was yes everybody say yes all Joshua said was yes and here's what I'll give you today one little yes will change everything One yes changes everything. Not a maybe, not I'll do it later, not I can do it next week, not not right now, I'm playing video games, not not right now, I'm looking at social media, not not right now because I'm texting somebody else, not not right now, I'm just going to wait, not I'm, I'm just going to put it off, 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 put it off. Let me tell you something, there's a lot of people that put off what God's trying to do in their life and they miss out on it. Don't miss out on what God wants to do in your life because you just put it off. Joshua did not put it off. And as a result, he got to experience the greatness of God. And he got to experience a move of God. One little yes changes everything. I'll never forget when I had the opportunity to propose to my wife. Now, I was a, I was a good kid growing up. I was a good college kid. I never smoked or drank or did anything uh, that was too inappropriate of any form or matter. I never did any of that stuff. I grew up a pretty good kid, and I grew up a, and I went through college as a pretty good kid. But one thing that I wasn't real good at was commitment. 
and I would date girls, break up with girls, date girls, break up with girls, date girls, break up with girls, date girls, date another girl, break up with both of them. I had a problem. All right, and I'll never forget my wife and I started to talk, and as we started to talk, I, uh, I, we, we were just friends, and I was dating another one of her good friends, and as I'm dating one of the good friends, I dated her for about six months, which was a decade for me, all right? That was like a long time. I know some of you have been like dating since you were two years old. Our parents introduced us in the nursery. Well, God bless you. Amen? <laughs> Praise God for you. We're going to get married one day. I'm sure you will. Praise the Lord, all right? That wasn't me, and that wasn't my story. And, and we're having this moment, and, and I, I, I go to, uh, I break up with this girl, and I start talking to my now current wife. Her name's Jennifer, and I start talking to her. And we were just friends, and when we kind of were having a conversation, and, and she met my ex-girlfriend at Walmart one day, and, and my ex-girlfriend looked at her and said, what have you been doing? And they began to talk, and she said, well, I'm actually talking to, to, to Brian. And my ex-girlfriend goes, me too. <laughs> oh. And so they drove to my house together and said, we got to talk to you. I had a group of ninth grade boys over. We're playing video games. So I looked at both of them. All right. I kept playing video games. I said, talk. Wrong thing to say. They go, not in here, in there. It's like the dungeon. And um, so I went in there, got chewed out by two sweet ladies, looked at both of them, said, y'all need to ditch my phone number. Just get rid of it. Matter of fact, I told them to move churches. I said, they paid me to be here, not y'all. Y'all leave. And, uh, and then the Lord put something on my heart. I don't know, about two months later, <laughs> the Lord told me, you're going to marry this girl named Jennifer. And I said, well, I messed that up. I felt 100%, so I went to see her that Sunday night. And so it's a church uh, about half the size of this auditorium, pretty big auditorium. And I'm in the back, and she's standing up front, about the same depth as this. And, and she's standing on this aisle, and she starts walking back, so I start walking down the aisle. She turns left and goes down the rows. So I turn and go down the rows. It's like I'm chasing her. I'm like, you will speak to me. And... Uh, she finally just realizes I, I'm like stalking her. She looks at me and she says, hey, I don't want to talk to you. I said, yes, you do. You would love to talk to me. No, I'm mad at you. I said, that's okay. Let's go talk about it. No. I said, just, just give me one shot. So I took her that night to Waffle House. When you get a waffle and you put a bunch of syrup on it, all the ladies are like, I like him. Long story short, through the midst of that time, we began to date. Six months later, I'm on a knee. And I looked up at her and I professed my love and said, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Our 20th anniversary is now coming up in September, by the way. And she said yes that day. And here's the truth. That little yes changed everything. And we got two amazing kids. I get to pastor an amazing church with an amazing wife. I get to spend the rest of my life with this amazing woman. But here's the deal. Listen to me, teenagers. She had the chance to say yes or to say no. 
And really, I deserve to know. Matter of fact, I didn't deserve a no. She was crazy to say yes to me. I looked at her and said, I want nothing to do with you. Delete me. Get out of my life. Move on. And then she says, but, but I'm going to give it. She had no reason to give me a shot, but she still gave me a shot. It's called grace. She gave me grace that day. And it led to a yes that changed everything. Can I give this to you? Everybody look right here. Don't miss it. Everybody. Every middle schooler, every high schooler, every adult, every youth pastor right here with me. Can I give this to you tonight? Because if you didn't hear anything else, would you get ready this way? Would you know that there's no more beautiful picture of anyone that said yes to you and to me is not my spouse, not my kids, nobody else. That yes changed everything. But the greatest yes I ever had was April 24th, 1988. And on April 24th, 1988, I received a moment in my life where I recognized that God cared so much about me when I did not deserve it. That God cared so much about me, the Bible says, even while I am still a sinner, Christ died for me. Even while I'm still messed up, even while I'm still dirty, even while I still got sin, even while I still got baggage, even while I still got rebellion, even while I still got all this junk in my life, in the middle of it. Listen, the Bible says that God so loved me in that season that he sent his only son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin while I was still dirty, while I did not deserve it, while I should not have received it. But God sent his son. Here's, Here's the deal. Listen to me, teenagers. Don't forget it. He sent his son as a gift. You see, I couldn't, I can't go to heaven by works I can't go to heaven by going to church I can't go to heaven by coming to Falls Creek I can't surrender my life over to Jesus by reading my Bible how do I do it I come to a point when I say yes Joshua came to a point he said yes and he experienced a movement you want to experience the greatness of God you need to have a yes moment in your life You need to have a moment. Listen to me. You need a moment in your life. Mine was April 24, 1988. I shared that in Israel. A lady named Lynn, who's a little bit older, in her 60s, she came to us later that week, and she was in weeping, in tears. And she said, when you shared the date that you gave your life to Jesus and you said yes, I thought, man, I've gone to church my whole life. I've been a leader in the church. I've led our women's ministry at the church. I've done all these things at the church, but I've never said yes to Jesus. And I made that moment here in Israel and we baptized her in the Jordan River. Listen to me. One yes changes everything. But it's your yes. It's your yes. Listen to me, middle schooler, it's your yes. A year ago in April, two years ago, April 2020, we were having youth ministry. No, April 2021. April 2021, we're having a youth service the week of Easter. I get a text from my son, Parker. Parker shoots me a text and says, God, uh, Brian, 
Well, he called me dad. Some call me Brian, right? He said, Dad, God did something in my life tonight. He said, my, my son was younger. He made a decision, a strong decision to give his life to Jesus and to be baptized. It was his decision. He calls me down to the youth ministry. He said, Dad, I know when I was younger, I responded. And I said, yes to Jesus. He said, but Dad, I just don't feel like that was my yes. He said, tonight I'm making, I made a yes. Tonight, I chose to accept the gift of God and I surrendered my life over to Jesus. He said, Dad, would you baptize me on Easter? It's my son, Parker. Grown up in church, a leader in the youth ministry. Been around it all. But he needed his moment with the Lord. And now he'll tell you, I know that, I know that, I know that I'm saved. Like I'm, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've surrendered my life. My daughter gave her life to Christ when she was six years old. I remember looking at her at the age of six years old and I said, honey, are you surrendering your life? And she goes, dad, I want to surrender my life over to Jesus. And I said, what if he calls you to give up all the stuff in your room, all these little toys you got? She said, dad, I'm willing. Two different stories, two different moments, but listen to me. All in one moment, it was there, yes. Here's my point. It's up to you. Only you can choose the gift or reject the gift. Only you. So here's my question to you, and we'll be done with night one of camp. How do you start camp by getting ready? Why don't you stop saying no to the Lord and say yes to Him? There's no greater time than the first night of camp to give your life to Jesus. That gives you the rest of camp to grow in your faith, the rest of camp to mature in your walk with Christ. Joshua had to say yes to the call of God to go advance the mission of God. Can I give this to you? You've got to say yes to God for the Lord to step out of heaven and step into your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second you say yes, our God's grace, and it don't matter how messed up you are, it doesn't matter how dirty you are, it doesn't matter how you feel like, oh, I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it, but our God still loves us that deep. He still cares. And my question to you, if you've never said yes to Jesus, listen to me, Falls Creek, listen to me, middle school, high school, volunteer. If you've never said yes to Jesus tonight, you're not. Just a moment, I'm going to pray. When I pray, I'm, after my prayer, I'm going to say amen, and then we're all going to stand. And when we all stand, God's putting on some of your heart that you need to say yes to Jesus tonight that you need to surrender your life over to Jesus tonight. In the church world, we call it being saved, giving your life to Christ, accepting the gift that Jesus died on the cross, went into a grave, rose again, was seen by people. You're declaring that with your life, and you're saying tonight, I'm saying yes to Jesus. And if that's you, in just a moment after I pray, I want you to stand up, I want you to leave your seat, and I want you to join me right here. And I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to wait. So God, let us get ready. Lord, tonight, I pray for that seventh grader, for that eighth grader, that ninth grader, the 10th grader, the 11th grader, the senior, the one in college, 
the serve team member. Lord, I pray for them tonight. Would you give them the courage to stand up and come join me right here, to stand here and say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to say yes. Tonight's the night for me. I'm going to declare that Jesus is going to be my Lord and Savior. I'm accepting the gift of God through His Son, Jesus, tonight. Give them the courage. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To follow us on Facebook or Instagram, just search for Oklahoma Baptist Youth. And for more information, visit oklahomabaptist.org slash youthcamp. Thanks for listening. 